Welcome to the Virtual CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping service-based businesses achieve success. Are you a business owner interested in learning how to scale your business? Has your business reached over $1 million in annual revenue? Then this podcast is for you. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, we have Carl Smith from the Bureau of the Digital here to talk about uh, a lot of things, but I think what we're going to start with is there's something that Carl has done that I find pretty amazing. So, um, you know, being an accountant for over 15 years, uh, a lot of times you work with people within your firm. But what's going on at other firms and other agencies is usually pretty pretty secret secretive. And so the the first event I went to with the Bureau of Digital, I was in shock. The amount people were sharing, the amount that was going on, the amount of talking among different companies that were doing the similar thing was a pure world of amazement for me. So that's why we wanted to bring Carl on. But before we go down that path, Carl, won't you give us a little bit about your background and kind of where the um, the Bureau of Digital started? Sure. Uh, so. I was a theater major in college and uh, thought that's what I was going to do, but then realized that I was destined for a cruise ship theater <laughs> and maybe $24,000 in a good year. Uh, so I ended up in advertising and spent 14 years there, uh, learning a lot about marketing, communications, and a lot about client management. Uh, spun out of there to start my own shop engine, uh, ran that for about 14 years, and Right around 2012, I got an email from Greg Story and Greg Hoy at Happy Cog because they were getting a lot of shop owners together to talk about how things were going. And I didn't know why they wanted me to go. Uh, I actually asked them and they said, well, we've been reading your blog and you're either really smart or you're totally full of crap. Can I, can I cuss? Because <laughs> that's not what they said. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I told them, I was like, I'd like to know which it is. So uh, I'll be there because I'm not sure myself. And uh, we got there and there were about 24 shop owners. Um, there were also Gabe Levine was there to represent the legal side. And, uh, you know, some of my best friends came out of that first meeting. And what I remember about it was the very first thing we did was we took an oath. And that oath said that we wouldn't share anything a reasonable person would find confidential, right? Especially after having a few drinks. So it was one of those things where it set the tone. It was kind of campy, but it also said, you know, this is between us. And then the very first thing that happened was Greg Hoy shared that they were in a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a difficult spot financially. And when he did that, it kind of made everybody realize, oh, this is what we're doing. We're going <laughs> to tell the truth. And, uh, and that kind of set the tone. Um, that was 2012. And fast forward to now around 2016, uh, Greg Story and Greg Hoy had other things they wanted to accomplish. So I hung out, they took off to do those things and here we are. Great, no, I think it's a, it's a great story. And I think what I love about the events you do is I'm not saying not a lot of work goes into it, but I, what I like is that you bring up a topic and you just <laughs> let it go, you know? So it's like, you know, I think I've been to probably eight, nine events by now. And like, everyone is different, even though the topics are very similar. And that's what I love is you let the audience take it where they want to take it. So, you know, you can be talking about forecasting and one forecasting meeting can be, you know, you have 20 people and it, it goes one direction. And then the next time you go to an event, it's completely different, even though it's the same topic. So again, I, I, that's my favorite thing about the events is that the the, you know, you may keep it simple so that way it can go where the audience actually wants it to go. Yeah, I mean, it's really more of a framework. 
than it is any kind of a structured agenda. And, and the thing that I think I've loved the most is over the past few years, we've even gotten a little more relaxed where instead of having a topic, we're trying to have a theme. Mm-hmm. And I think why this is so important is because we may be getting the information on what people want to talk about a month out. Mm-hmm. And this industry moves so fast that in those four weeks, when we then sit down, people forget what they said, you know, was going to be important to them. So then we can just what I call chase the energy. You know, it's like if people get really excited about a certain topic, let's not shut it down because that wasn't what we're supposed to be talking about. Let's let the room go on that. And I think that's led to some of the best discoveries uh, that we've had because somebody gets excited and they share how they're maximizing their energy during the day and they've come up with some little game that they play or whatever. And then you see everybody write it down. Mm -hmm. As soon as I see every head go down and people (laughs) taking notes, I'm like, that was worth the cost of admission right there. Mm-hmm. For, for sure. So, so I Jody, a quick question for you. I, I was just in a, uh, an accounting, um, a really nice accounting um, a conference, not conference, but kind of we're, we're, we're talking about what, how, how can we plan an event where actually people truly do share? Because the, the, the comment that I got was that, oh, we can only have one person from Cincinnati, one person from Fort Wayne, one person from Dallas, because we don't want them to share information with people that are close to them. Why is that never really an issue with um, the people that attend the Bureau event? I'm sure they've got to come thinking that, right? You know, or don't they? Yeah, so I, I don't know that it's never been an issue, uh, but it's never been an issue that I've been made aware of. And I probably would have been. I'll tell you that when I was in the advertising world, it felt like everything was a bubble within the shop you were in. And maybe it's similar with what you're saying with, with the accounting firms. Um, With the Bureau, I think when we started in digital, like if you look at the early 2000s, mid 2000s, even really now, there's so much work that it's not like you lost something to somebody and then you went under or that they took something from you. I remember I knew two shops that battled all the time and the two owners ended up being friends. It like really blew my mind when I realized they were vacationing together. When all (laughs) I knew was that one of them undercut the other one and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, what? But at the bureau events, um, even if you're in the same market, like we had, I think the third or fourth owner camp, probably 10 people in the room of 30 were from Philadelphia. (laughs) Now, I don't know how many shops are in Philly, but we had 10 of the best ones in there, you know, and and the thing was, they were sharing, they were going for it. Uh, I think also in this space, a lot of times clients hire personalities, they hire the culture, they hire a lot more than just who can do the work and what the cost is. And maybe that changes over time, but I've never really seen anybody be too reserved. I have had people call and ask who's gonna be in the room. In fact, if you go to the website, uh, when somebody signs up, we'll put their logo on the site so that you can see who's gonna be there. Oh, that's a great idea, yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah, and I think what else what also helps is having the repeat customers. You know, I think having people come to multiple events helps set that tone of like, okay, I've been to one of these before. I know what it's going to be like. And so when that first topic comes up, there's those, I don't know, what do you say, 25% of the room that's been there before that are going to jump right into the sharing and they're not going to be holding back at all. And maybe it's the number's even higher than that. But I know every time I've been, there's always been those people that have been there before and they, they kind of set the tone of like, hey, I'm going to share this. I'm going to throw it out there. And I'm not afraid, you know? Yeah, no, that's definitely a huge part of it. And it's a little different in the online events, but in the in-person events, when we set the table, uh, I would say that probably takes as long as anything else we do. And we don't talk about it much, 
but we will always make sure that we have alumni who are open to sharing sitting early in the rotation so that when we go through introductions, we know we've got somebody there who's going to set the tone, right? And then also when we see those pre-event surveys, if we see two people who might be struggling with a potential layoff, we'll sit them next to each other, but we won't tell them why. We just know that over the course of the time, somebody's going to make a comment that's going to trigger the other person, and then they're going to start talking. You know, once you open up with one person, I think it kind of has a little bit of that domino effect that you've already shared it with somebody you didn't know. So now it's not as big of a deal to just do it a little bit broader. I didn't realize you're so calculated. That's a, that's very uh, very impressive. He's just he's just trying to prove because I said he doesn't do any actual work, so he's he's trying to show off now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I hope Lori doesn't watch this because she's the one that actually does everything. <laughs> That's great. I think that so the next question I have is um, it's kind of to Jody's point is um, you know I, I do. When I, like I said, when I first showed up to one of these events, it, it blew me away coming from the accounting industry. Do you think this is something that works especially well because of the industry? Or do you think this is something that can be um, mirrored from industry to industry? I think it depends on the industry, honestly. I, I know that in the past I've been approached about maybe doing something similar for lawyers or do something similar for accountants or, or find it, is it the kind of thing that you could e-myth and like replicate for other groups? I think because in digital agencies, web shops, whatever you want to say, digital firms, um, there's so much fear because most people running them were not business people. We didn't go to school to run a web shop. You probably went to school to be an accountant, mm -hmm. right? So it's like totally different. So you have more confidence in your ability because you're leaning on something that's factual. Meanwhile, we're making shit up all the time <laughs> and hoping that it works and we want to know that there are other people like us. And when we find out that everybody is like us in this space, that nobody went to school to learn how to run a web shop, I think that's what makes the bond so strong. And membership's growing 15% a month right now. Jeez. So I think that's a testament that there's so many people out there who really don't know how to move forward. And they just need that group that's going to tell them, yeah, you do. Just go for it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Kind of with that group there. What what is the what's the, what's the demographics of your group? Uh, it's an interesting question. I don't really have great data on that. Um, I would say my gut feel is that most of the owners that are coming in now are younger. Mm -hmm. So I'd say when we first started, like figure when I first came into the bureau stuff, I was in my forties. I think most people were mm -hmm. uh, like in that age range. Obviously, we're growing older now. Um, I think now most of the people coming in, we have a good mix gender wise. Uh, and I would say probably thirties, like I would say mid thirties to mid forties is kind of the age we see a uh, lot of uh, Canadian shops continue to come in. I mean, we're, we're predomin uh, predominantly North America uh, with probably 30% being Canadian. And then we just had a Russian member sign up recently. Um, we've had a lot of uh, members coming in from India We've had a few from Japan come in, Australia. So it's like, although that's a really small number, it's interesting to start seeing that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, it's kind of the same all over the world when it comes to building the web. Mm -hmm. um, everybody just kind of stumbled into it because it was a little bit of the Wild West. I mean, you could just go for it. Sure. What were the typical sizes of your firms? Uh, you know, it's... um. 
really, I would say 30 to 50 is probably the, the normal range. Like that's where we're seeing the most. We have a few solopreneurs in there, a few, uh, you know, single riders. Uh, but for the most part, over 100, meh, maybe 3%, the majority in that 30 to 50 and uh, kind of scattered around. Gotcha. Okay. That's cool. Now you mentioned the, you know, your growth per month. Is there a, um, I know Jody was just asking some, kind of some demographic times about your overall um, co uh, companies, but what about the ones that are joining? Is there a certain time where companies are like, okay, I need to join because I just hit my 10th employee or I need to join because I just hit a couple million in revenue. Or do you see that pretty scattered as well? You know, it's, it's really the events that drive membership. So I was, uh, David Baker um, and I were having a conversation and he goes, your, your community is really special, but people won't get that. They're not going to join just because it's a community. Give them a reason when they find information that they need. Like we've got a better estimating workshop coming up, right? It's like, make it stupid not to become a member. Like make the price difference 300% more if you're not a member. Um, and that's what we see a lot of. And then I consider it our job to make sure they stay. Mm -hmm. Right. Like give them the reason to join and then put your effort in making sure that there's a reason to stay. I, I talked to another community manager at one point and he was talking about all the things they were doing. And it felt to me like they were building a barbed wire fence around the community. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, you know, I'm going to build a giant magnet. Um, I love this. Uh, you know, you do you and, and build your wall, but I'm going to build this magnet and just try to make it so important that you're here that you don't want to leave. Well, how, do, how, how, how do you do that? I mean, do they, you have like Slack channels and I mean, what, what causes people? Oh, Jody, to actually... you're in the Slack channels. I know. What do you exactly? Yeah. So but it's, um, is that it or? No. So basically those Slack channels drive everything. So everything in the Slack channels is what we put in the weekly newsletter. So we look at the conversations, we see what people are wigging out about, what answers they're getting, what answers they aren't getting. Uh, right now, the great resignation is starting to hit web shops. They aren't able to find the people that they need to do the work that they've landed. And they've gotten a lot of work for the most part. So then that's going to become what we put into uh, the newsletter so that we can send out. These are things you can look at, like put some answers in there, that sort of thing. That's going to drive the events. We've got a hiring and onboarding workshop coming up that was based on a few months ago. That was the thing. People were getting people in. Um, we're going to do another workshop before too long that's going to focus a lot on retention because that's the issue that's happening now. People are coming back from vacation and that vacation was actually, they were talking to other shops, right? Hmm. And now they're taken off. So, but then also um, we're creating clubs within the Bureau. So we have a biz dev accountability group, which is really a club. They meet once a month. They hold each other accountable for things they said they were going to do. Uh, we have a bad bitches wine night, which is the official women's uh, meetup for women owners in the bureau. Okay. Uh, we've got a running club that's getting ready to start and also a podcasting club. So it's like any other uh, things that people are interested in, all they have to do is tell me about it and they have to create a logo. That's the other requirement because <laughs> they create a logo, they're serious. And that's not too, that's not too hard for a lot of people. In, <laughs> in the Actually, sure. uh, here's, here's a little proof in the pudding there. There's the bad bitches logo. I just got nice. my sticker. Nice, perfect. Yeah, I've, I have noticed on your uh, Instagram feed that you've been logging a lot of miles. So I'm guessing you're the one starting the, the running club. Actually, it's uh, Brandon Steiger um, and Adam Kurzawa. 
uh, who reached out to me about something else. And then I told them, I said, Hey, I've wanted to do this, but I didn't want to push it. And they were like, push it, push it. So yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll accept responsibility, but yeah, I've wanted it for a while, but you know, when, when you're driving the car, sometimes it, it feels weird to decide where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds you. weird, but it's so true. That makes a lot of 100%. sense. So I'm curious, I know the last uh, year obviously has been um, difficult for a lot of uh, companies and agencies, but um, I, for you specifically, I know you had to make the move to virtual events and I, I think it's been pretty successful for you, but I'm curious, how has that changed your future outlook, um, including kind of the short-term future? Yeah, so, you know, it was one of those things when the pandemic hit, uh, we ended up the following month having a $70,000 loss. And that was because we had to refund a lot of tickets that people had bought. And I remember telling the team, um, you know, I don't care if we have to put it on my personal credit card, nobody's going to get laid off or in trouble or whatever, because we couldn't give that money back. At the same time, we had uh, about probably 50 or $60,000 where people said, just hold on to it. It's fine. Um, we'll figure it out later. So I think the big shift that happened for us was when we went to membership, like we always had membership, uh, but we only had... 65 members maybe coming into 2020. Today we have almost 700. Uh, and so wow. in the course of that 14, 16 months, uh, what really happened was, um, you know, the community started to rally around us. There were some videos created that talked about what the Bureau meant to people. Uh, membership started to sell. And I finally was at a point where I never wanted to push it because I didn't want it to be difficult for somebody to hang out with us. I didn't want it to be an obstacle. But then when I realized we might not be there to hang out with, <laughs> I was like, okay, membership's a thing. Um, and then we just quickly spun up. We actually did 72 online events in uh, 2020. So wow. what we did was we reached out to every speaker that had ever been a part of a bureau event that had received four or five stars on a scale of one to five. And I said, you've got nowhere to speak. We have nothing to share. Let's make this happen. Um, and that really gave more value to membership. Now, uh, this December, we have our first in-person event. And what was amazing was we put it on sale and it sold out in two days. Wow. Normally, these things we had to, I, I tell people, it was like we were a sideshow barker, you know, <laughs> trying to get people to give us a hundred bucks to see the frog face boy. <laughs> and, uh, and now it's like, we have to apologize and create wait lists and try to figure out ways to get other people in. We actually opened a second event, um, uh, in January. That's the exact same as the one for December, the owner really? camp. Um, yeah. Owner camp Palm Springs too. Uh, I might just stay in Palm Springs for the month, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was one of those things that everybody's ready to get back in person. Um, and I think the most interesting part to what, what you're asking. So when you think about us having 700 members now and it, it's basically $49 a month, uh, you can see that math, right? We have annual recurring revenue now that we never had before. Hmm. And we are right now at what I thought we would have by the end of the year. So for me, what that means is now I can be a lot more on purpose about the events and the community. And I don't have to worry about, anything in terms of how many tickets I sell for this or that. The other thing we've done is the pandemic gave us time to slow down and be on purpose. So now we take deposits for an event before we sign the venues contract. 
which is uh, great. If we don't get to 50% within a couple of weeks for a $500 deposit, and we just don't sign the agreement, right? We make sure we have first right of refusal. We ride that along. Um, and the, the, the last thing I'll share here is we're kind of taking a cue from the European football leagues where if an event's really popular, then the following year, it's going to be in person. If it struggles, then it may come down to online, right? Mm-hmm. So now like account management camp, we had to turn 12 people away from the online version. Right. right. And it's mainly because I refuse to let the squares get any smaller on Zoom than <laughs> four rows down. Like that's as small as I'll let it get. Um, so now account management camp will probably be in person in 2022. Like that's to me, that lets the community again drive what it is that we're doing. So so what with the camp? So for those that haven't they haven't experienced that. So you, you, what you get your like your sleeping bag and your tent and <laughs> yeah well actually for design leadership camp at the Sea Lazy U uh, Dude Ranch yeah exactly <laughs> what you do that's a great so basically you're gonna get together with 25 peers and you are going to share real things and so imagine this like there are other groups out there you've got EO you've got um, other shot other places where as an entrepreneur you can sit down with people but when you start to describe things uh, running a digital firm somebody who runs an appliance store is going to look at you like what when you say yeah our tools change like every two to three months <laughs> you're like what and then you're like yeah and we can't find this specific type of person because now everybody has to have this specific type of person. But when you're at a bureau camp and you say that, everybody's like, yep. (laughs) I understand because this is such a unique uh, industry and such a unique aspect of the industry that until you find the people, and that's what we hear all the time. It's like at the big events and the small events, people go, I found my people, you know, and and that's it. I remember once, um, a good friend told me that we had to be careful because somebody could replicate this really quickly. <laughs> that they could just, you know, if they decided they didn't want to pay for membership, they could just t- tell everybody, hey, come over here. I'm doing it for free. And I was like, you know, <laughs> God love them if they do that. Because it's a lot of work. And I don't think they realize that it's taking two people full-time and two people part-time to do all of this. It's, it's not like you just show up and, and, you know, shoot some shit back and forth in Slack. Like you're constantly looking at what's going on in the underlying themes and you're trying to bubble that up so that you can create education spaces as well as community for people to not only learn, but walk away feeling supported. Well, I think that's especially true. That was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. That was impressive, actually. <laughs> I think that's especially true now that you've added the membership. You know, I think that now that your membership's grown, like you said, I think that's added so much um, value to your company, but also like, um, you know, the value to the topics you're presenting because you have 700 people talking about things. You can watch you can watch it and trend it, which if I was just going to start this on my own, I wouldn't have that, you know? So I think the membership part of it has really changed your business. Yeah, yeah. so much. Okay. And then what, what about the difference between the camp and the summit? Because you got summits and you got camps. Yeah. What, what, which one should I go to? Well, it depends on where you are, really, uh, in terms of your life cycle as an owner or a creative director or whatever. Um, so a summit is going to be more traditional. So you're going to have speakers on stage. You're going to be in the audience. Like take Owner Summit we've got coming up this February at the Hard Rock Live. So we're going to be in this great theater 
you're going to have speakers on stage that you either met in the Slack channels or you've heard about before. They're going to hit on topics that are really important and you're going to get a high level education from them, but it's not going to be much of a back and forth. So if you come to a camp, then you're going to be in a moderated conversation. You're going to have opportunities outside of the main room to connect and do things. It could be at a happy hour. It could be on a Jeep tour. It could be at a baseball game. But you're going to have other events outside of that where you get to keep the conversation going. So it's, it's really a matter of meeting with a few hundred people and hanging out and learning or getting really tight and going deep with 30 people. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I think that's a great. So I say go to both. Yeah. And, and people ask that all the time because we refer a lot of, yeah, yeah. A lot of people to these yeah. camps and, and the summits. And they're always asking, you know, what's the difference? You know, one's a little cheaper than the other. Should I go to this one and then go up to the next one? It's like, you know, it comes down to, well, what do you want out of it? Yeah. Well, and I've had people who've attended both that still ask me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, I just did, I guess. <laughs> You're referring to me. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think having both options is, is super helpful too for people that want to attend because I think some people might feel more comfortable attending the first one where they don't have to speak. Like all I'm going to do is listen. I might meet some people and that's something I feel comfortable with is the larger event. And then some people might want to actually attend the smaller event first because they want to be feel a little um, cozier and feel a little less intimidated with the number of people there. So I think it, you give options to both people. Well, And honestly, if you are like three to five years in, it's probably a good idea to go to a summit mm -hmm. and really hear what's going on and learn at that higher level. If you've been rolling for five to 10 to 15 to 20 years, then you already know a lot of the things you've tried that didn't work. So you can bring that. And, and that's what I think the real difference in a camp is, is you're bringing something to everyone as well as getting something from everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you deal with, like, I mean, kind of adding to that, what do you deal with a firm that's, you know, $3 million and everybody at the camp is $10 million? How, 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 do, how do those firms work with each other? Or is there different camps for those firms? Well, it really depends. So we don't look so much at revenue, um, but we'll look at either the mix of services. We'll look at the number of full-time employees or if they have a model where it's, a, you know, like, dedicated contractors don't say permalancers learn that at the first one um but but it's one of those things where if it looks like somebody isn't going to get the value out of it because they're not going to have the same discussions around hr or insurance or financial intelligence right like if it doesn't look like they're going to have that then i'll wave them off mm. but you know this probably isn't a fit for you um we have in the past played around with and i think you're talking about this like We've had a growth camp, which you attended, Jody, mm -hmm. where like the focus on this is just about growth. That's what we're going to talk about. We've had an owner camp XL that is just for those shops that are 50 plus. And that was really interesting um, to do that. So as we see the interest come in, we sometimes will fine tune an event to hit exactly what that group is looking for and then find more people that fit that mold. But for the most part, I'm looking at what they're saying they're challenged with, what they're saying they're succeeding on, and then also just the basics of the makeup of the shop to see if it looks like they're gonna have any value or not come out of it. And it's funny, you, nobody ever believes me, but I probably turn away two or three companies for almost every camp. Hmm. Wow. There'll be like one or two people in the organization. I'll be like, y'all are friends. This is, I'm glad you're doing well. <laughs> you wanna hang out, but <laughs> we've gotta save spots for people who are like, 
challenged and they, they need to, they need the help. Sure. Sure. That no, makes a lot of What my therapist told me, he was like, Hey, you seem fine and I don't need a friend. So we're, gonna <laughs> <let you> go. <laughs> so we're getting close on time here. So I have one final question for you and I'm going I'm to take it back to the beginning. So if let's say for some reason, a chef is listening to this podcast and they're like, I'd love to create the Bureau of Chefs. What would your tip be to them and how should they start? So I would say, first of all, chefs is a great example. Architects is a great example. Somebody who's got a creativity in what it is that they're doing. Uh, and what I would say is reach out to the other chefs that you really admire. Like find 12, find 16, 520, whatever. Um, and ask them if they want to get together and just talk about how it's going. Now I'll say this happy cog outside of transportation, they paid for the hotel rooms, they paid for everything at that first one. It was a real investment for them. But we paid for it at the second one because we saw the value then. So that's the other thing I would say, make it easy for them to say yes. And don't make it anything about making money, make it about making the connections and, and launching the ship in a direction with the right people where everybody understands this is about getting better together. No, that, that's great tip. And I, I agree, I think that, uh, the, the best training I had, and I'm not going to slight Jody here at all, but when I started to become a good CFO <laughs> is when I started attending bureau events. Like what I was getting out of those events was better than I could have got from any accounting training I went to. I was like, wow, I'm hearing real issues. I'm hearing real conversations and I'm getting so much better at my job because of attending these events. And I think that I could only imagine how valuable it is for people within the industry and within the people that are actually doing, doing the trade, how much they get out of it. So really, yeah, really well, appreciate what you put on here. For sure. Well, thank for you sure. for that, Jamie. I, I mean, what you just said was a gift. And it's interesting. We'll get three or four emails uh, will come in a week that are somebody saying thank you for something that happened that we had nothing to do with except making those connections. And to me, that's our main job is to make sure people have people they can talk to. So thank you for that. And I'll say, you know, I was an attendee that wouldn't go away. <laughs> the damn founders of the thing left and I was still here. So I was like, oh, I guess this is what we're doing now. <laughs> All right, Jared, I'm going to give you the final thoughts since I know you've been a, a long friend of the Bureau. So I'm going to give you any final thoughts on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. From the very beginning, man, the uh, the friendships that we, you and I have developed over the years, um, it's been pretty, pretty strong. You know, it's, uh, it's a shame that we live in different cities where we probably hang out with each other. We'd probably kill each other too, but that's okay. <laughs> that's what friends do. <laughs> but uh, no, I appreciate everything you've done for, for us. Um, you know, you, you kind of opened our eyes and give us an idea of how to how to work with, um, you know, basically how to narrow our our scope on, on the types of clients that we work with, and and I uh, really guided how to actually talk to those clients and, and how not to, you know, when when talking, you know, not not to sell but to educate. That that's huge, and I think that's what the bureau does, right? They they don't sell memberships; they educate people, and because of that, people want to be part of the part of the bureau. And I think that's a a big uh, big kudos to you for that. So you know. I, and just, a, again, a, just a solid, solid appreciation. Uh, well, I, I appreciate all y'all. There aren't many firms uh, in any discipline that focus so much on digital shops and do it so well. So uh, outside of the friendships that I have with both of you and, and also with Adam and with Dave, it's like, what this is about is being humans who are doing something together and y'all personify that. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate both you guys. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. And I know this will be one of our uh, most listened to podcasts I can tell already. So thank you very much. <laughs> thanks, Carl.
Enjoy this podcast? Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving business success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry.